one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Not gonna lie, could do an actual introduction for this, but Jules, what's your favorite Fallout Boy album? Oh come on, man! I thought that we were actually going to do one <laughs> professional entry to this UVP. I thought that we were going to no. do it. Oh, I mean, look, we can, we can do a professional thing, but I am not going to lie. I've had um, that sixteen candles on. Uh, what is it from Under the Cork Tree? Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. I that I don't know where you were when you first heard that, but that was my that was me learning to drive. That was my entire two thousand six. Yep. Well, I had hair back then, and it was of course <laughs> in the big emo fringe, and of course I loved Fallout Boy, My Chemical Romance, Panic oh. at the Disco. Uh, Hawthorne Heights, Bayside, man. I was like, I was a proper emo kid back in the day. (laughs) But there was like, when that came along, that to me was the next step up because I was like, I didn't catch the first album that they dropped, but I did catch Tales from the Cork Tree. And that was when I was like, oh, his Patrick Stump, is that his name? Patrick Stump's the singer, yeah. His um, vocal, the way that he delivered vocals was so different from like the likes of Armour for Sleep and all this other stuff where it was Mm. like, it wasn't, super whiny and no offense if like people still like these bands but his was like the elevation of oh i've got these really good pop hooks i've yeah, got this yeah. like proper melody coming in and everything still has that twinge of sadness <laughs> but with a rocky background so i was like oh this is just ticking all the boxes for me i i mean i came in off uh, thanks for the memories and then obviously like this isn't a scene that was a weird um album i think i mean I, like i i came in on that as like, infinity on high and then went back mm. over to the cork tree stuff and then like i was like, oh my god this is like completely not completely different but yeah the infinity on high stuff was the beginning of the pivot into the dance stuff which is entirely what they yeah, are now yeah. which like i that century song makes me run a mile but like are I'm, they still going oh they're oh man they are bigger than ever like they're like, oh, like a huge like dance radio band thing anyway i should say this is the entire <laughs> I just want to talk about for a little bit something reminded me of them the other day and i ended up putting on um that album and i was like oh my god i've not heard this in like 16 years or something i actually know what uh triggered you it's because we were talking about fallout and that was what you were thinking <laughs> fallout boy look out radioactive man and the two so on fallouts and so forth. in my life but um yeah so this is the entire part of the podcast we always ask you guys for whatever you'd like us to talk about usually it's game stuff but sometimes it's other stuff too i'm scott Hilford, joined by jules gill yo what up getting through as many questions as possible i also thought because we had a few people People go, why aren't you guys talking about the TMNT game Shredder's Revenge? Uh, Jules's review is on the I, website. I, 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 spoke, I spoke exclusively about it. I did our <laughs> review for the channel on there. I, also I know you did. did. I also um, dedicated an entire Choose Your Own Adventure to it because usually what we do on the Choose Your Own Adventure is that we uh, take a comment, uh, the, usually the top comment from the previous week, mm. and that informs the list going ahead. Yes. But because TMNT Shredder's Revenge was so good, I was mm. like, look, I'm taking control of this ship and I'm going to pivot into want something that I want to talk about because I want more people to play this game. Yes. I want to keep the nostalgic brawler beat up whichever genre you want to put it <laughs> into alive. Well, the thing is, like, we I guess what they mean by some of the comments is that me and you haven't talked about it, and that's because I've only been playing it since last week mm-hmm. to now. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that thing was on Game Pass, so I went away and checked it out. Oh my god, that thing is I mean, I'm not I you know that you know that meme where it's like the anime guy and he's like holding the butterfly in his hand and he's like, Is this, is this what gaming is? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, is this game of the year? Like, is this actually <laughs> this is the amount of like how well crafted right. and purposeful and confident and 
gorgeous the whole thing is. And you guys will not understand this. Scott and I have discussed at length his <laughs> kind of like marmite, flip floppy, love hate relationship with flip the beta. No, no, no. Because, because I'll let me defend my position. Okay. When we were talking about the likes of Streets of Rage 4 and uh, maybe like the dishwasher and stuff like that uh, mm. in years gone, you were like, I do like these games and I have fun playing the rollers, them, but yeah. you do not like the I'm on a 2D plane and can only hit you on that exact 2D plane. And because of the fact that there's very limited defensive options you end up just taking punishment and just it's a case of you just have to be amazing at the game in order to do yes. well at the game but that, i was going to super quickly say as well that's sure, that put sure. me off um but don't put me off because i still finished it and still love it castlevania symphony of the night i yes. hate getting hit and flying across the screen just let me fight let me dodge let me do something. i'll tell you what mate, if you were if you want to be uh, annoyed about knockback you play the original ninja gaiden on the right. years because you get knocked <laughs> even slightly by a bat and remember you are a masterful shinobi warrior uh -huh. you get knocked into an insta-death kill pit and sometimes you'll respawn and because the game's uh, hardware could not keep up sometimes you'll respawn on the edge <laughs> of that thing and it will drop you straight back in again yeah Excellent. stuff like that is infuriating and like jules said anything where i can't like the game doesn't want you to line up like you need to be specifically lined up and if yes. you're you're punching behind the guy or in front of a guy like i just i drastically prefer 3d brawlers and like open rain or like god hand god hand god, god, hand, god hand. the minority report game let, let me tell you as someone who's got lost in their steam deck collection stuff um i've been downloading everything the minority report game surprisingly brilliant brawler never played saying. it mate never it's played surprisingly it. really good really good havoc physics and stuff but anyway tmnt solves that whole problem by making it that you barely even think about it one you do have the evasive options which you already mentioned anyway i love um, the dodge button man it's the best yeah so like i just you can dodge out the way of stuff you can just like, you can you can attack out of the dodge so it keeps the flow going but they also solve the lane problem where they just they just make it so you line up with stuff a lot easier your yeah. actual like yeah. attack radius is way better um first things first though who's your favorite turtle before we go any further does it have to be a turtle because i've been playing through the entire thing as april i've really? i've just loved no I, I loved playing as april because of the fact that cool. it's a case a case of just like i prefer characters who have a lot of speed and mm. technique over power because it's like True. when i played through um streets of rage 4 i always chose the quickest so i liked being able to dart in and out of battle and when i was forced to play as like the slow lumbering guy who hits twice as hard that is cool mm -hmm. but it doesn't suit my play style of diving in dodging all around the place i'd rather do mm -hmm. chip damage than stand there and be like oh no go. i know what you mean i well i meant in your soul who's your favorite turtle and then favorite player okay who's, so who, in terms of my in terms of my favorite um turtle for me it was michelangelo uh oh, it, it's because he's a he's a party dude he's yeah. a pizza, he's a pizza pal um <laughs> i loved his fun. character because he was the only one that was ready to just crack wise it's mu it must be why i kind of like in my superheroes mm. i've been i always find myself attracted to the superheroes that are can quip well right. like spider-man is one of my all-time favorite superheroes yes. because of the fact that no matter if he's getting his ass handed to him he will still have a one-liner ready to just crack in your face <laughs> and i'd love to see the day that say like the lizard has got him pinned up against mm -hmm. the wall or like the scorpion's got the robotic tail around his throat he's choking him up and peter busts out one of the quips and just makes the villain laugh i would just <laughs> love to see them break and just be like oh you got me fair play mate. god fair damn it that, that must be a thing in the comics they haven't done that in any of the movies yet but i feel like the amount of different quips that he throws out it's uh, one, one of, them of them's got a land. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I always loved Donatello, but like in this yeah. game, um, I'm, I think is I'm liking rotating as everyone. The only character yeah. that I can't get down is uh, Splinter. Like, yeah, April and James Downs plays as him uh, exclusively. Uh, he oh, absolutely loves so him neat. because of the fact he's like uh, more technique focused than everyone right. else. So it's just a case of like small slashing dashing hits mm. maybe there's something else that i'm missing with him but i, I love michelangelo like you said i love like his, just his whole delivery like modern yeah. choice dude and he's like yeah. that's that's great and um, donatello's reach is great i've kind of been defaulting to Raphael after a while because he has like the the street fighter uppercut the punch that he's got isn't he is his yeah, weapons. The size are great and um but yeah tmnt though i think as like a as an overall package i was just thinking playing through i was like People who grew up on 2D games, who, are, who have a soft spot for 2D games or just love 2D stuff, are eating so well right now. Yeah. Like, Street Rage, Streets of Rage 4 looked gorgeous and played very, very well. I know they passed it a little bit. Uh, Windjammers 2 is phenomenal from this yep. year. Um, and now we've got the Sonic stuff, all the different, all the new cutscenes, all the different visual stuff in Sonic Origins is great. And then TMNT, I was like, oh my God, like every bit of this is perfect. Do you know so what I'm really Sonic. excited about, though, is the fact that um, if this does well mm. and it proves that uh, IPs tied to uh, video games can be done with like love and care and yeah. uh, nostalgic uh, fueled as well, mm -hmm. there's hope 
however small it may be, hope that we may get the Simpsons arcade game remade Maybe. in the same fashion. Because back in my day, those two, the TMNT arcade game and the Simpsons arcade game, they were the two that my friends yeah, and I always true. played. Mm. And I know that you can get the Simpsons arcade game on some uh, platforms now. I, I can't remember which one. I think it might be on uh, like GOG <laughs> now, at like at good old games. Right. But at the same time, I'd love to see a remake done in the same style as this, like with the more animation, more visual flair. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think the likes of Streets of Rage and Windjammers, I know they're both .emu or, or .dotemu or whatever, yeah. um, prove that it can be done. But I think, yeah, you sort of go back to the something like The Simpsons and go, look, the, all these worked. And um, there's something of a brawler revival going on. Um, even things like Mother Ru- uh, Mother Russia Bleeds was Oh, that great. was a great think, game. That, well, that yeah, came out of nowhere, that did. I know, right? Like... And it's like, there's been a few little brawlers that have sort of come back again. And I, I, I still would, would prefer like a 3D brawler but for me, TMNT is the one that made me go, oh, I can just play this and yeah. it just works. I, um, I yeah. always think as well that like Tekken Force was the one game mode that. that like I did enjoy. I didn't mm. love it, but I did enjoy it. And I wish that more games took that approach of giving people another option to play because mm. you've already done the hard work. You've animated all of the characters already. Yeah. And like, um, think about how good Skullgirls would be if they added in a brawler mode to that. Right, you yeah. go through like because they've already done the animation mm-hmm. side of it. Well, like Dead or Alive, like you've already got all the environmental, like uh, you know, yep. the idea of environmental uh, environments being broke apart. Like, let me play as Ryu and Tornado spin a guy yeah, through the man. floor or something. Um, but yeah, I thought we should open on TMNT stuff because that game is just a must play. If you oh, by the way, the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. We should oh just we should we should just mention how good that game yes, soundtrack the is. The soundtrack. That's I like. I haven't played like the new Coheed albums out today, so that's going to swap me. But like. I've that's all I've listened to literally since like last week. That's so all I've had on. All the remixes are great. Getting Ghostface Killer in to sort of do a song I know, as Shredder I know. is stellar. And then like, yeah, um T Lopez just overall absolutely smashing it. Like, dude did Sonic Mania Streets of Rage. Um, he's kind of my new favorite dude. So massive shout out to T Lopez. But yeah, actual questions submitted by the community. <laughs> um, first one from Nate the Gamer who says PlayStation Premium Pre-la-la-la-la-la. PlayStation Premium are trying to sell games like Tekken 2 for £300 and they've bundled that in the US and the UK launch. Um, How is Sony in such a mess right now? Now, this is this weird um, store listing in regards to Tekken 2 being listed for far too much money um, as it's being added to the PlayStation Premium service. But I thought that we could very quickly dip in on this because I bought the PlayStation Premium stuff um, a couple nights ago because that's the extension of the PlayStation Plus service as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And what comes with that is some games like Tekken 2, Siphon Filter, Ape Escape, and Worms Armageddon, some old school stuff. Some of them have trophies. I feel like there's a weird thing with this where Sony have barely talked about the reality of what you're actually buying. And so someone like me just goes, well, I'll just buy it because I need to figure this out and see what it is. Mm -hmm. And so you have trophy lists for Ape Escape and Siphon Filter. And then other games like Worms Armageddon and various other PS1 games have like two or three bronze trophies, but not an actual trophy list. It's Mm -hmm. really weird. And then alongside that, uh, one of the things that they're selling the the quality of the top tier um, subscription model on is PlayStation 3 games. Now they've said this is all streaming stuff, but just to get it out there, the reality of that is that you're streaming the game from 2006. Like there's no upgrades to it. Yeah. Um, you can't access DLC. Um, like the most of the microtrans, any sort of microtransaction storefront or any um online, you know, d- digital transaction that would happen in that game, none of that stuff works. So it's you get very the base much, of the base game. You get the like... basic version. So um, we I was talking to Josh about it because he's just played the Ninja Gaiden games on Xbox. And if you directly compare the version of uh, Ninja Gaiden that's on Game Pass versus the version that's on PlayStation Premium. Mm-hmm. They are night and day. Mm-hmm. Like one of them is 4K running at 60, HDR, whatever. And the other is the original version of the game that's like the Sigma re-release that was on PS3 in the first okay, place. Okay, so so, so yeah. they are there. It's not the Ninja Garden Black version that came out for the original Xbox, is it? Because no, that, that was like different. Yeah, PlayStation always had like its own, I think it was the Sigma ones that arrived okay. on PlayStation first. Right, okay. um, but overall, just, just to know that if you're on the fence with the PlayStation Premium stuff, it's cool having access to, you know, upgraded versions of certain games. Yeah. Um, but they haven't done that across the board. It's honestly a big old mess. They class Ape Escape as a PS4 slash PS5 game because I guess it's newly released. But that means that even when you try and search, like give me a list of all the PS1 games yeah. I now have access to. It's not to, even in there. It's not on there. So like most that's of the strange. That's that's with, really strange. Yeah, that's the same with most of the PlayStation two games jack and daxter is listed as a playstation 4 game so they have like a um 
an overall list of classics where they bundle PS1, PS2, PS3 games all in one big list, but their actual collation of that stuff is pretty terrible. So the Jack and Daxter one especially is interesting because they re-released that as the Precursor Legacy trilogy pack, didn't it? Had so the, that's um... what's on the collection. So it's like, because they re-released that in HD, then that version got ported to PlayStation 4 or is backwards compatible on PlayStation 4. If you own the old one, that's what? not what's available. So, so, wait, so, so you get the most up-to-date version of that one because they've already released it in, in a sense, yeah, you get the. But they're trading being, on it being that you're getting the original from the. Well, kind of, well, that's the kind of the thing. They're sort of like, look at this oh, PlayStation weird. 2 library, but it's actually it's the re, it's the version of the game that was on PlayStation 4 from like 2015 or whatever. Yeah, it was, whenever yeah, yeah. They so it doesn't even PS4. it's not even a PS2 game at that point. No, but and the thing is, I would I would want them to take that game and upscale it, but then yeah. the way that their actual storefront works, it lists it as a PS4 game. It's just it's a bit of a mess, and so there are things like that that I think are teething problems. Sony themselves are adding games to this service without yeah. really mentioning it uh Eurogamer just did a report this morning saying that um things like the super stardust collection or one of the super stardust games is now on there but that wasn't on the initial list of stuff that was going to be included i found so, that that was one of yeah. their weirdest things is that they kind of like even just shadow dropped this entire feature you because they were like they were like out. and by the way we're also adding in this feature that allows you to play <laughs> old games it's like okay so maybe because of the fact that they never have approached it with a sense of being this is the game changing feature mm. and it's only been us and the fans that have been whipping this up into expecting something maybe more more than was initially promised or mm. ever they wanted to deliver. Mm -hmm. And now they're actually only living up to their side of the agreement, which was, yeah, we just said that we we're going to give you games. We didn't say that they're well, going to be good games, we're just giving you games. Well, that's like, the thing. I mean, you've got like Jumping Flash and stuff on here, which is like one of the original ever 3D platformers. I bloody but... love Jumping Flash. I'm just okay. putting out there. If you want one of the nice very first games that made me feel sick, like motion sickness, <laughs> properly in a PlayStation 1 game, and I was like, I love this. You should go back to that and see how it holds up in 2020. Oh, no, so thank gonna... you, sir. No, thank you. <laughs> I am, I'm more than okay. Sometimes there are games that I do not want to go back to because right. the rose-tinted glasses, uh, they have no lenses in and the sun is burning my eyes. <laughs> That's kind of the thing overall with, yeah, the way that they've, they've brought this whole collection together is like, like you said, there's a version of this that they talked about where it was like a blog post announced it. They never did a video Video mm -hmm. version saying like all these games are coming oh my god freak out um and now it's just here's some games and it's like the classic side of this is a bit of a mess especially in terms of the way that it's like i said collated on the storefront but the actual value proposition of buying playstation premium is actually stellar you can get the playstation uh, extra which is the mid-tier and that gives you all the playstation 4 games that gives you ghost of Tsushima, god of war spider-man whatever and um, for a really solid enough monthly fee considering the quality of those games it's mm -hmm. just that if you're buying in expecting a playstation legacy service um, it's kind of not really that. Like you do have Siphon Filter and Ape Escape, but it, there's not much else. Like it's very, very little. Um, so that's just a flag that as like a thing that's coming together. Um, because I paid for the top to like the the highest tier to get all the PS1 games and stuff. Um, and they're fine. I, mean, I love Ape Escape, but there's a lot more they could be doing with that whole thing. As with many things in this current era of video games, it mm. just seems like it's not worth jumping on day one. It seems no, like this is going yeah. to be something that's going to be good, maybe a couple of months, maybe even a year down the line when they mm. start adding in the titles and the support and fixing a few things and mm -hmm. actually announcing it. But right now, I don't feel the impetus to go and spend that when, no offense, I can just play the originals or I can just go emulate them because well, I have yeah. copies of the originals. So like, you know. No, totally. That's the thing. And it's like, I think maybe they kind of know that too. Like maybe they I think the thing is with Sony, they always look at the competition and they see what they can hybridize. And you have like Nintendo's version of this, which is here's a game from 1986 that no one cared about. That's your monthly upgrade thing. Mm. And then you have Game Pass, which is an opulent, unbelievable amount of um, an offering, the amount of games that are on there. And it's all day one Xbox studio stuff. And Sony have kind of gone, well, let's split it down the middle. We'll give you like our old premium games and some classic stuff, but it's kind of overlooked stuff. It's not, we're not, you know, forking out for the original Spyro or uh, Resident Evil yeah. or anything. Also, well, the original Resident Evil's on there, but not the entire collection. They stuff should like they should borrow a page from uh, Microsoft's playbook mm. and actually announce it in a sort of roadmappy way and just be like, right. here are the titles that are going to be included or you will be able to play by the end of the year or next year because mm -hmm. that was Microsoft's big uh, approach to this year's uh, uh, Summer Games uh, Fest where yeah. they were just like, these are all the games you'll be able to play uh, next year guaranteed mm -hmm. and a lot of people got super hyped because they were like oh i can see where this is going yeah whereas yeah, if I the mean, playstation library uh upgrades and uh pushing them into this uh subscription service if mm -hmm. they were to tell you like hey okay so you like this game cool it's coming in october months well, that's before kind of what it actually is. like 
Yeah, they need like a lot more of that. I think the thing is, I think they'll do like social media bursts of like, oh, Tekken 3 returns to PlayStation on whatever. And then they get to have that social, like the little mini social media campaign around it. Cause that's what Nintendo do with like, they just did it for Pokemon Snap. It was like the, the original mm-hmm. Pokemon mm-hmm. Snap is now on Switch. And um, if you have PlayStation, uh, sorry, uh, Nintendo Switch online. But yeah, they haven't forked out for like, I said Resident Evil before, but I, my mind was like, Metal Gear is kind of what I meant, like a big yeah. top tier. Yeah. Like, oh my God, they got this kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's just to flag that stuff. I think that service will come together. I hope it will. But at the minute, it feels like they're just seeing what they can get away with. Yeah. Um, you're probably better off waiting. Um, next question from The Bright Side of History, who says, what are your thoughts on spoiler discussions with friends? Do you talk about your progress within a game like something something like Elden Ring, or do you reflexively shut down your friends when you smell a spoiler talk coming? Elden Ring talks with some of my friends were almost friendship ending at times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- no one likes having something spoiled, but as we've mentioned before, because of the industry that we work in spoilers Mm. are they have a very very limited shelf life uh you will walk into the office and maybe just overhear people talking about it because (laughs) it is it is our job and we have to be able to speak about these things especially if for example late game twists uh inform list content that we're trying to make or we need to talk about it in a uh is this okay for the gaming industry or what does this mean sort of thing for the wider Mm. stuff to get content out the door so unfortunately we have a kind of little pool that appears whenever we talk about new video games. And it's basically like, who doesn't mind having this spoiled for them? Yeah. And somebody steps up and takes the bullet, effectively. I feel like most of the video editors have just accepted that they're, because they, they're either going to yeah. like have to try and play through everything immediately, but sometimes the amount of different list things they're editing means that they're going to see an ending, a certain scene, a powerful yes. moment or whatever. Um, so I think it's harder sometimes for the video editors. But yeah, on the writing side, it will try. And like if someone's like, oh my God, I've been waiting for this for years. I don't want to yeah. do anything. We'll try and like respect that. But sometimes it is just the reality of the job but i think yeah in terms of friendship groups um i like try and stay away from stuff but it it can be hard it is difficult especially when you've got people who are super passionate about games Mm. and just want to talk to you about it because they either see you as an authority or they know that you're a fan of that series like Mm -hmm. i've had games spoiled for me before i've got to the uh point but what i've just realized is to learn to accept that I'm not annoyed about something that's going to happen. Yes, it would have been lovely to experience it for myself, but Mm. seeing somebody excited or passionate about that talking point, for me in the long run, is much better because I Mm. now have something to look forward to in my own game. Plus, I get to revel in their enjoyment of the video game industry, which is becoming a rarity. It's very few times nowadays where somebody will come up to me and tell me about something that happened in a game that is like, you need to see this. This is the moment that made this game amazing because Mm. then I'm like, finally, in all of the dross and slop that we get pumped out every single month this is something to actually chase now to see well, that's this for myself thing. that's the thing i like one of my favorite things in gaming is when multiple people are going through something at the same time sometimes it's hard to get those things matched up obviously everyone has their own lifestyles and everything else but like i remember when i was going through death stranding the first time and everyone mm-hmm. was playing that at the same time and matching up with those plot reveals and those plot beats like if you can do that it's like a shared like a watch along party kind of vibe i like that um, like I said, it's hard to get it synced up. But like like you said, it's so rare getting something where, you know, it's maybe someone's an hour ahead and they go, oh my God, you need to see what happens at the end of this yeah. level or this cutscene or whatever. Um, I do love that. And so I guess that wouldn't be spoilers because everyone would be keeping up. But there's something to measuring that out and then being able to experience something big at the same time. I do feel as well that just dialing back to how we approach things as a company, mm. um, because of the fact that uh, news is spread quickly throughout our industry and news equal clicks and we do have to mm. like make money at the end of the day to survive as a company so mm. it does come down to a war of information who knows this and as soon as those embargoes drop there is going to be a slew of content spoiling mm. endings character developments and stuff like that we are guilty of that but it's maybe even the wrong terminology to say guilty because it's just part of the industry at this point True. you 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 have to get your foot it like in the door as mm. soon as possible if you're to get any traction true thankfully we've never and as, as humanly hopefully will never do a title that is x just died in whatever like you yeah. get a lot of those youtube videos that just subsist on the you know the day after launch it's like oh my god this plot twist that is the headline and yeah. um, we've never done something like that as far as i know we should never do something as blatant as that um but yeah like it is just one of those things where and also i was gonna say in terms of like a, a bit of a insider baseball type stuff when you get given a game depends what it is but most of the time if it's a big story driven game you'll get given a sheet that just says don't talk about this 
this. Yeah, you and can't talk about say, stuff. Yeah. It'll just say like um <laughs> the scene when this person dies, the scene when this person makes the save. And I remember doing that. Um, I guess I'll not say what the game is because I don't want to even remotely dance around NDA stuff. Mm -hmm. But there was something major across the last few years where it was like, don't talk about this. And I went and I just read that thinking it would be don't talk about this feature or something. I didn't even say it was a spoiler. And then went, oh, oh, cool. Oh, I know that now. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you've been thanks spoiled by the game's NDA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the game itself is like, don't talk about this. Yeah, yeah that stuff can suck sometimes. Um, but not to worry. I tell you what, the worst, the worst yeah. thing, just to close that out, is mm -hmm. if whenever you're doing an NDA stuff and it comes to the don't talk about if, if ever i see a thing where it's like don't talk about the final boss or the right. final plot twist reveal i'm just like oh man come on like <laughs> come on dude i wasn't gonna like talk about it anyway but the that's fact the that you're never gonna mention this in the review anyway why yeah. would i because it but... means that if i go into a game therefore and then see like oh i'm pretending to be the big boss and then i've just read something that says don't talk about the real final boss i'm like oh for thanks for <laughs> that one then <laughs> yeah stuff like that when they're also trying to incentivize you to it we're giving you it two weeks in advance you just go go play it like a regular person you don't have to crunch this into a day but yeah. also this person dies and this is what the ending is yeah yeah, yeah. have fun with that. that. Yeah, have fun with that. It's a, <laughs> it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, but yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Next question from Faithful NPC, who says, first off, massive thank you for the amazing podcast. Well, thank you very thank much, you very much mate. for listening. Question, how do you feel about games that truly begin once you've completed the main game, i.e. The Division, Destiny, etc.? Personally, I feel like my time playing the main game will be wasted, so I don't bother. Oh, that's interesting. Do you mean like in a, uh, the sense that the... Um... 
the main narrative of the vanilla experience is to tee up the DLC or expansions. I think it's just, it's, it's like games that have those. It's, it's ostensibly it's loot shooter stuff because most of those mm. games, main games, are ostensibly elongated tutorials, and you've you've found the gameplay loop without the main thing, and then yeah, like, it's like the raid game, bosses from that point on, pretty much. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, the end game is oh, that's the re- the real game starts now. I feel like that's kind of like the Avengers kind of had that, and like um, Faithful says, um, the Division and, and Destiny totally have that, where it's like okay, get the story stuff out the way a few handful of missions and then you can get on board with whatever else is being plugged in going forward um yeah yeah but the thing that usually gets plugged in is usually just more of the same isn't it like yes, totally. i i really struggle when it comes to looter shooters uh to pinpoint one expansion that for me has changed the game dramatically right, like right. i'd say that the borderlands series comes the closest because mm-hmm. it's narratively driven each of those and then it has the raid bosses plugged in at the end but when i've seen stuff where it's like hey look there's just a new big bad in the area and you've just got to do a load of busy work again in order mm. to level up to get there i'm like switched off not no, totally like my uh, my like assumption is that they're what they if they're even remotely framing it as this is the main game or this is the story or whatever i'm going to assume that that is your best content i'm going to assume that is the yes. thing yeah. that is i should pay attention to um and the end I mean, i'm never someone who cares about end game stuff unless it's i can't even think of a game where i've cared about the end game like i either have my main stuff my story stuff or i have my multiplayer games my casual stuff um i've never been someone who you know sits and grinds out an end game for hours or yeah. you know, months on end I mean, I guess the closest would be maybe Elden Ring, just because of the way that it yeah. approaches some of the bosses. Like the not that you even need to be high enough level, but it definitely makes them a lot easier if you go out, grind mm. out the main story, and then come back to certain enemies. But, but still, that doesn't—that's not the end game. Though, yeah, I was gonna it? say once you hit the credits, you're either you have to restart again. You can do new mm. game plus, but you're like starting over again. But yeah, I know what they mean. I just for me, it would be um, I would always do the main stuff because for me that is the game, and then whatever else. Yeah. At some point in development, they have to siphon it off and be like, this is the core bit, and then this is the extraneous stuff and uh, and go from there um next question from ktm41 who says good evening to all on the podcast hope is well hope all is well it's very well it's very sweaty very hay fever it is indeed oh it's very muggy over here a muggy is a very good word for it scaffy you might say um my question (laughs) is what are your favorite and worst games from the 90s 2000s 2010s and the 2020s i think we do one like you get one each for these. Oh, that's one so best, tough though. That's like that, that's so so many decades <laughs> and so much to choose from. So what are we given the choices for? Okay, so I'll ask you the question. I'll just go with your gut feeling for this. So if I asked you what's your favorite game of the nineties, what does your mind serve you up? Best game of the nineties. <laughs> uh let's Mine's go with I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with an absolute stonker, which is just yeah. Doom. Doom, original Doom, oh, 1993. Let's go. Let's go, baby. That's let's go. Such a shout. What is your worst game of the nineties? That's hard, though. That's really hard because I... Oh, uh, a Shaq Fu. I I got a copy of that and I was fuming. Absolutely. Uh, I just... Oh, thinking about it now. A fighting game with that many floaty physics no right. get out i forget the name of the thing that i bought it's the worst thing i ever played when i was a kid it was on the playstation one and it was a first person game it started it was had a horrible color palette it was all very dark and very dark yellow and um it was like a sci-fi game and it was just this weird thing and it, it looked like it would be a shooter which back then was a big deal um and it was just you just walked through all these corridors and nothing happened in it um, it wasn't tunnel I, b1 was it god it might be i don't know was that a first person thing it I was remember, like you were you like flew you were in a kind of spaceship but like nothing happened and it was well, very maybe. boring and i the remember 90s... playing through that game so much because i wanted something to happen and nothing did i might say it was that i remember seeing screenshots of it and thinking it looked cool yeah. and then getting something like that um so i'm gonna go with that it was some sort of first person weird sludgy um ps1 game that would be my worst one but we can't even like i feel like this is like weighted as well because the more mm. i think about it the more terrible games are escaping my memory <laughs> because you've got superman 64 like that game oh yeah was i never played abysmal. that abysmal if you go off like this for me in the 90s that's like wide-eyed tiny little me's going like yeah. gaming's brilliant and i can't even what would i not like and so it would be you know something like that um but i think it's funny if you go down gut feeling stuff yeah if you, okay if i ask okay. you what's your best video game of the 2000s what's your brain got Oh, so what did I? So that was the PlayStation Two era yep. uh, going into PS3 uh, and 360 kicked in about halfway through. And what was my favorite game of all of those? I mean, I, my gut is saying Bioshock because I had, nice. but then that came out in 2009, didn't it? Uh, 2007, I think. 2007. Bioshock. Oh man, okay. Yeah, must, must, have right, been, must have been Bioshock Two that came out after that. Um, it was. Yeah. But then again, when did Fallout, <laughs> Fallout New Vegas came out in 20? 20- 
10? New Vegas is 20, 2010 or 2011. Yeah. Okay, well, see, is, that's going to be my next one if it's <laughs> the next one there because I've played that game so much that I absolutely adore it. But Shout then there's like loads of mad games that came out as well mm. that I was just like, oh, this is brilliant. Like They're not like 10 out of 10 games, but I just had the most fun with them. Yeah. Oh, like, well, give me every 3D brawler for the... It's like a, a, the best 6 out yeah. of 10 game ever. Um, my best game of the 2000s, I think, is be Halo 3. If I just sort of roll everything together. Like yeah, that, see, that's... Like, even like, like Final that. Fantasy X, I had such a good time mm. with that game as well. Mm. Like, it's not the perfect game, but I just had such a good time with it. Yeah, I mean, well, Final Fantasy IX was the two, was 2000, so you can technically yeah. have that. Nah, okay, um, okay. Yeah, what would your worst game of the 2000s be? Oh, one of the movie video game tie-in <laughs> things, like uh, <laughs> Iron Man... Uh, oh god! I, they were pretty abysmal. The Thor video game, especially, yeah. was terrible. The Cap game, though, surprisingly good. The Captain America tie-in game, all right. Uh, Mind Jack. If that if that <laughs> was out in the twenty two thousands, then that is the worst game because that is the pits, mate. That is Shout. absolute pits. I can't think of anything. For, the thing is, that's the thing. I don't really. I tend not to memorize worst games, so I'm like, I can think of like times I was disappointed by something, yeah. but most of them are recent because there's more story, there's more cinematic focus hanging on something and then it let me down or it was more broken broken stuff was a very eighth yeah. generation thing. yeah because you um, just couldn't fix it with patches so if it was broken yeah. it was broken mate you it was nothing it. yeah and like most patches back then were like a couple of a couple hundred kilobytes like yeah. it was nothing at all and um, the worst game of the 2000s i actually don't have i don't have one for that i'll keep thinking of that what as we so go what disappointed you let's think about your favorite franchises and try and work <laughs> backwards so if metal gear solid what's the worst game of metal gear solid uh, or oh, the metal gear franchise is it, is it the acid metal gear acid no i love acid the turn based the, the card one that one oh no great. that's not the one i'm thinking of i'm thinking of the other one that they released that was just the online oh um well there was uh metal gear solid metal gear online, but that was in the 2010s metal gear uh, online was all right you've I'll got to take, choose you've got to choose metal gear solid i will survive. take um metal gear uh, touch the one they made for the apple that i touch yeah where you just had to it was like oh my god the metal gear solid comes to phones and it was like you press a button to pop up and you could tap to shoot one person then you came back down again oh yeah. man that sounds it's, awful <laughs> It's made in Metal Gear 4's engine, I think. Um, and it's just called Metal Gear Touch. Thanks for reminding me of that, Jules. No I worries, mate. No problem. That's that. what I'm here for. <laughs> um, moving into the 2010s, you're taking Fallout New Vegas for yeah, um, all the 2010s. Yeah, I'm taking that. That's a massive shout. Mine is e This is, gets easier the more recent we get because the 2010s for me is God of War. Um, oh, the the yeah. remake of God of War, I just yeah. think is the, the best thing that we've gotten in the last sort of, now it's like 12 years. Mm -hmm. um, and then what's your worst game of the 2010s? What was the absolute abysmal thing? We've <sighs> uh, had a lot of broken stuff since the since 2010 since 2013 it's a challenging one this mm. because it's got to be um the fifa legacy editions that came out oh, okay. um, for the switch because they've been putting out the same game for like three or four <laughs> years now with like it literally is like 2018 i'm pretty they sure they are definitely even... objectively the worst some of the worst yeah. games of the 2010s because yeah. that's just like yeah just ea selling you the thing that they sold you the year before being changed um mine i think would be mass effect 3 i just think that was the most i hated something like as really? i was through it Oh, dude, I, guess, I, just, I guess it's just the most disappointing, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, it's definitely disappointing. I guess if I if I that's the thing, if I go down actually broken worse stuff. Right. Um we, we actually need to tangent off a little bit here mm. because like Mass Effect 3, it obviously riled a lot of people up because of the ending. Now yeah. I was uh, like the rest of it, I would say, when Jack Pooley put out an article the other day, which was like uh video game opinions that we need to like, <laughs> challenge, one yeah. of them was a bad ending doesn't ruin a video game because True. I remember playing through Mass Effect 3 mm -hmm. and like for 30 to 50 hours I had a brilliant time with that game I enjoyed right. the fact that they moved more towards the action combat stuff I know that a lot of people didn't like how heavy oh, it was on great. the action but it, it was so slick and I loved the way that you could just ping out powers on the fly and stuff mm. like that I loved oh, man, the multiplayer my, like... that was surprisingly brilliant yeah Everything that was gameplay based was great. Like the the reason I hate that game is that they got so far away from letting you be the center of your own story. Like that yeah. Shepherd in Mass Effect Three is not the Shepherd you built across Mass Effect One and Two. Like they have two dialogue options for nearly every interaction. They yes. steer you down the path. Yeah. Um, okay. So it was, it was going towards more like Fallout Four territory of almost I playing know. the game for you. In that yeah, sense. it felt like they wrote a character for you, even though it was meant to be hinged on your individual choices. I also thought it looked worse than Mass Effect Two. I know it's been patched a bit, but the no, version fair I enough, played, actually. No, I, I do. Then, graphically, yeah. it looks worse. I just uh, yeah, they steered in such a weird direction. You had Vega was like a really naff character. Like you had oh, all these yeah. like action bro elements, and like you said, the multiplayer was solid, but like it affected the overall tone of Mass Effect Three being this like not bro shooter, but trying to be a more action focused thing with this like. Like hard ass guy yeah. at the start at the in the middle of it, and I was like, I, "No, I, man." 
I do remember one specific point and it was such a minor detail, but it did annoy me a lot, which mm. was when in the first game or the second game, they talk about how spaceship battles, uh, it battles in space. They just don't work because their spaceships are usually like, like hundreds, if not thousands of miles apart from one another. Right. So launching torpedoes through uh, the vacuum of space means mm. that they usually have uh, moved by the time that uh, the <laughs> torpedoes would be uh, like fair. hitting them. And then in the third game, it places so much emphasis on getting a fleet together to shoot the reapers as mm. they're coming through and mm. all of their missiles are like hitting perfectly and it's like okay you're telling me one <laughs> thing but showing me another thing that absolutely feels like a future list of games that contradicted themselves yeah. or whatever because <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that was like that was the whole thing where they yeah they changed a few things in the codex on mass effect as the trilogy rolled out like the way weapons worked and fired got changed and stuff too oh yeah because so, it was like universal magazines it's like now nah, we're ditching yeah. them and now they just just bullets now. Yeah, just bullets now. And I was like, wait yeah. a minute, this definitely seems like a move backwards. Like <laughs> they sort of just they justified that one quite nicely in Mass Effect 2. But um yeah, overall I just thought Mass Effect 3 was like a massive letdown. Mm -hmm. Um for did it would you do your worst game in the twenty tens? What's your worst game in the twenty tens? Uh I think we did. Mine was I, the uh the the sports stuff but yeah i can't really think of a uh, maybe if i want to go more of a personal route i'd mm. say the uh, dynasty warriors six uh yeah. i really really did not like that game for me that mm -hmm. just fell off dude <laughs> and then we got 2020s um so it's only been three years so far but have you got a best game since of, of 2020 onwards Elden Ring. I know Elden it's a bit a of I, it's just because I played it so much and I've had such a good time. However, mm. if we're going to go uh, dial it back, it's going to be Psychonauts Two. I absolutely oh, love that game. Beautiful. I uh, love Dodgeball Academia, Shredder's yes. Revenge. It doesn't need to be a uh, fifty-hour epic to be a mm. brilliant game. Bang for buck, that is where it's at. Massive shout. I think I would take um, Ghost of Tsushima. I think. Oh, I think that saucy. Was just... So just, I mean, it's, the thing is, it is the PlayStation formula, and I get that. I just, I love the stuff that they did with minimizing the hood, mm -hmm. putting it so that you're following just wherever the wind takes you, and the wind is just the spirit of your father. I was like, this is great, and that the combat's great. I just, I love their picturesque depiction of uh, Japan itself. It's like a mm -hmm. folklore sort of version of Japan. I think it looks gorgeous. Um, and then, what, what's your worst of the 2020s? Um, what have I been the most disappointed in these few short years? Uh, I haven't that's... been too disappointed by anything so far, but I guess two of the three years have been in lockdown anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard to actually like. You keep vamping, man. I'm going to type in worst games of 2022, and we're going to go through mm. just the top ones that appear. And just well, if we talk about stuff that's absolutely busted, then uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint was an absolute mess. You've oh, got, I've heard um, that was that was pretty abysmal. Yeah, and I, yeah, I didn't buy. Did I buy? No, I didn't. No, I did. I bought Breakpoint because I had the Splinter Cell DLC, and I wanted to see the new Sam Fisher stuff. But um, that game undersold so much; it it cost Ubisoft 93 percent of their operating income. Of that's that ridiculous. Which the Fast and Furious Crossroads game is yes. abysmally bad because apparently there was only like <laughs> 103 players playing it at one point and that was like Oh my god, Babylon's Fall. Babylon's Fall had one person playing no, it. No, did that's it gonna be this. That's this year's worst game by far. That thing is just farted out by Platinum Games attempting a loot system. That's so um, bad because terrible. it's Platinum Games as well. Yeah. What are they doing? It feels like Square Enix just went, you're going to make this version of a game. This is what the kids like. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe that Platinum would make that of their own volition. That worries but, me a lot yeah. because it's it's never the publisher that has to foot the bill for something like that it's the no. reputation of the developer that gets mm -hmm. tarnished like look at what happened with rare and criterion obviously microsoft came in and they sort of like muddled them together and mm -hmm. told them to do certain projects and now they're not even known for the thing that they were known for oh, names, no, man, yeah. you lose value in that brand the more mm -hmm. you do stuff like this and platinum games they were on hit after hit after yep. hit with like wonderful 101 metal gear rising revengeance um trying to think of another stuff they were obviously clover well, studios before so they did God hand and like all the other yeah yeah well they've got beautiful Bayonetta Joe. like should save them Bayonetta three is yeah. hopefully this year I mean whatever but like that that thing finally got a trailer um like last year I guess I am but, yeah, very psyched like, for that by the way I'm super, yeah super I psyched. couldn't get away with Bayonetta two but like I kind of hope that threes I just couldn't pass out some of the fights into and I, I didn't like that it was just push L to dodge the game like I wanted yeah. a bit more to do it. For me, I, I just, I don't understand the story. I'm putting my hands up here. Like, I've had to go into several like YouTube videos to explain to me what's going on in half of the I things. Even but... There was a story. She's, she's an umbral witch and demons yeah, that's killing. It. But the problem is, is that they start adding bits on top of that. It's like, mm. why are they trying to do that? Who is she? What's that? It's like, sometimes you don't need to know. I'd be happy. Like, um, like uh, Devil May Cry's approach to storytelling mm -hmm. has always hit that beautiful sweet spot of just being like, look, it just is what it is. Either buy yeah. into it or don't sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, he's like, like we don't need Kingdom Hearts to be strapped onto everything. Final yeah. Fantasy VII yeah. remake. But yeah. Um, next question from Vernon Punk Base, who says, cleaning up my pile of shame and I finally played God of War 2018 for the first nice. time. Legend. What is the most, yes, very nice. What is your, uh, sorry, what is the most impactful 
story from any game you've played. Happy, sad, com contemplative, just something that stirred your emotions. Much Ooh. love. Much love, my friend. Um, in love. terms of gaming stories that truly affected me, probably I, I know it's like we discussed this on a chatty face, and mm -hmm. it's going to get a bit uh, deep and sad at the moment. But I that dragon, second, I'll do the same. I'll do the same thing. Yeah. That's what I'm okay, so I'm doing that dragon cancer just mm -hmm. because of the fact that it's just such a heartfelt story about such unrelentingly unfair situations of a mm -hmm. child dealing with leukemia, made by the uh, the game developed by his the father of the mm -hmm. child, and like that is so heartbreaking but to be able to share that story to give other people an insight into what it's like to go through that uh, prolonged grief of having to say goodbye to somebody who never got a full chance at life mm -hmm. and then you've got on the other side people who've already been through that um, experience uh, being able to use it as an emotional touchstone in order to talk about their things and maybe uh, communicate a bit better mm -hmm. it's part of the grieving process and that is a beautiful thing and yeah. as sad and as horrifying as it is to go through i came out the other side feeling like my soul had been kind of expunged because it was like a case of i feel like i shared part of that journey and have come mm. out the other side feeling connected that's the word i'm looking for you just feel connected very... to other people better you feel more uh, um, empathetic uh, yes uh, to I, other I think people. it's one of those things where I, I i still i can't believe the strength that they showed to be able mm -hmm. to put that that together um but yeah like you said it's like that it's like that raw human connection kind of side of it where you're just like oh my god I, yeah i can feel this like yeah. this is a hell of a yeah. thing how about yourself um, uh, for mine my biggest thing is always celeste it's just because i it's yeah. such yeah. a um i have such a connection to that game just because one of my very close relatives has a very similar um condition in regards to anxiety doubting themselves going through that stuff and celeste fundamentally helped me understand that um and it's just that game is very much a, a playable version of what it, it was like to sort of develop an anxiety and develop an other version of yourself that you mm -hmm. maybe didn't realize was in there um and sort of you you can fear it and you have to you kind of have to learn to work with it um to sort of become a, a something better as a, as a combined you know version of yourself and i just kind of i just love that game i think it has such an incredible purpose to it i recommend it to everyone there's obviously the gameplay side of it that is stellar i think it's a very very tight platformer yep. um but i just love the message of it and i love the way it comes together and by the time i got to the end of that because in real life we were me and uh, this relative i'm describing was going we're going through the same stuff of like come on you can do this like you know you, this you know condition might have developed recently but you have all the tools to get through this um yep. you know let, let's get get through it we're going through therapy and everything by the time i hit the end of that game i was absolutely just in bits i was like oh my god we can't do this someone else has done this that's why they made the game mm -hmm. um and it is a shared thing and a lot of people go through it um and there's nothing to be ashamed of and if anything you'll only emerge a better person on the other side of it and so yeah it was that was that's my thing i think celeste is a is a hell of a game and a hell of a story yeah. um, and a hell of a worthwhile for mark so that would be mine um but yes yeah, I think that it's a case of um, a video game story doesn't always need to be emotionally dense to be good. And I know that we've given examples that are counter to that point, but there are some video games out there that just are downright funny they mm. nail the action beats they now like um these slow and uh, somber moments or even like the way that you tell a horror story like it's what it means to you so just because we're up here doing saying that these deep emotional things are uh, the ones don't get fooled into thinking that's the only video no, narrative worthy point. of talking about yeah, whenever we've done, I, I was trying to make a point of like when we've done like most emotional games, I try and put in comedy or put in yeah. something, you know, rage, something other than just out and out sadness. Like there is a, there's definitely a predilection to assume that everyone means sadness when you talk about most emotional, even though they did say happy, sad, contemplative. Um, to, which is to say, did you play Giant Citizen Kabuto when you were No, young? I didn't, no. <laughs> that game was like one of those balmy, over the top, everyone's a Londoner style game, oh, which I always hold up as one of the funniest games I ever played. Um, so I'm just I'm counterbalancing um, the Celeste intensity with the likes of Giant Citizen Kabuto. Final question uh, from Darren Barkley, who says, "Hope we've not melted away in this weather. I'm slowly melting. Close. I am basting. Um, if you've had if you had to move out of the UK, what food slash snack slash beverage that you can't get anywhere else would you really struggle without?" Theirs oh, would be man. Tato Crisps from Ireland. Now I need oh, no, see, see I watch crisps. I watch um uh the this wrestling uh podcast uh or video podcast called OSW. Um mm -hmm. and uh they talk about Tato a lot. <laughs> and it's just really funny because they had Kenny Omega went over there to do oh. a show in Ireland and he got some Tato as well. No and they were like, He's there with the Tato. <laughs> and it's like just pop me. I've only just realized this is the stupidity of my brain, Tato. Potato. Potato, yeah. That's yeah. what they're called, isn't it? That's good, that. I see what they did. Um, I've been to Ireland as well, but in Dublin, and it was it was incredible. But I didn't see any Tato crisps. I need to, I mean, I, yeah. 
I See, um, did it, is it a snack or a food? Because like the one food... He said food, uh, snack or beverage. Okay, right. So the one food that we need to go and show the world that they are completely wrong about mm. is beans on toast. <laughs> I've met so many Americans and uh, like Canadians and people from outside of the UK mm -hmm. who just do not get beans on toast. And my thing to you is, because recently <laughs> it came up on the H3H3 podcast where they were uh -huh. talking about how rubbish beans on toast were. And I was like, I was... I genuinely just reacted to that. What, I was fizzy. About? I was fizzy with my yeah. blood. But basically, it's because they keep on having these over sugary beans because that's what Americans have out there. They mm. have like our. It's not the same type of like a tomato sauce that's in our in the beans, mm -hmm. and so they have like a less savory thing and more of like a really sweet bean. And like I don't know if you've had American beans, they are mank. I Hashtag hate sweet them. Bean. I, I, I hate them. Not... I don't think I ever have, but I don't, when you said they're getting it wrong, I was like, how can you get beans on toast wrong? But if the fundamentals of the ingredients are wrong, the fundamental parts of the, you know, the makeup yeah. is like, wrong. Like they, they were, they were talking about, so, oh, what do you do? Just like heat up the beans a bit and like just pop them on some bread. It's like, no, first off, toast that bread. Secondly, make sure it's buttered as well. So, thirdly, you've got to add a bit of salt and a bit of seasoning into your beans as well yeah. to bring out that little flavor. If also a bit being, of cheese on top. If you're feeling exactly. Something. If you're feeling a bit spicy, little dash of hot sauce on there. If you're feeling mate. healthy, pop a bit of spinach in there as it's cooking so you get wilted spinach meat. There's just, what's oh, a, come on, what's man. the secret thing as well? I, I don't know what this rule is in life, but if you cut the bread into triangles, like you sort of cut it diagonally down the big... Oh, yeah, triangles are tastier. That's how triangles it works. Tastier. I yeah, don't yeah, know why. Yeah, I yeah. think it funnels the food in. It's like geometrically uh, proven yeah. that uh, the shape of a food equal is is relative to the pleasure that you uh, get from Triangular eating. sandwiches are just better than rectangular sandwiches. I don't know why... Oh, 100%. Not if, if, if somebody busts out a rectangle sandwich yeah. uh, the first thing that you think of is like oh didn't have time to cut it into triangles so <laughs> that's your first thought because you know that their life would be better if they had cut it into triangles yeah, I, I don't mind if they do a half sandwich that's okay if they just cut mm. it down the middle but just don't, don't let yourself live a little <laughs> express yourself creatively yes I, triangle I, on the go I know from the analytics of this podcast that we have a worldwide audience. I know there's one person listening in Cambodia right now. So you better Amazing. Try. Hello. You'll Hello, be Hello, Mr. Cambodia. Um, holiday in Cambodia. But yeah, get yourself some beans on toast and send us in your thoughts on beans on toast. We will carry this forward because it, we need to know what yeah. the rest of the world thinks. We need to put right this wrong. <laughs> so it needs to be done. Beans um, on parade. Let's go. <laughs> It's uh, it does have to be done for now though. This has been the entitled Panda podcast. Massive thank you to everyone for sending in their yeah, very, your so various questions. Um, and please keep your eyes on Twitter next Thursday. We'll put another tweet out, um, another roundup for whatever you'd like us to talk about next week. Um, I'm over there at slash LP89. Mr. Jules, what are you? I'm over there at retro J, but the O is a zero. Be beautiful. Next time, catch you, whatever I say. It's been the podcast. We'll catch you then. <laughs> Where's my Bye. mugs? Where's my mugs? <laughs> where are the mugs? Seriously, where are the mugs? <laughs>